0: Hello, fabulous friends. It's Monday, April 27th. Um, this week, our podcast, I'm going to talk about how to write a letter. There are lots of different reasons for writing a letter, and one of the main reasons is to let someone know how much you love them or how much you care about them. So um, I'm gonna first tell you, when you're thinking about a letter, there's always five basic parts of the letter that you wanna include. You're gonna always include the date, so they know the day that you wrote the letter. Then you're going to start with a greeting, or sometimes it's called a salutation, and that's just how you open your letter. Usually people put dear, and then the person's name of who they're writing to. The body of the letter is that middle part where you're writing several sentences to that person. And in this case, it would be letting them know how much you love them or how much you care about them and why. And then there's the part called the closing, most of the time, people put the word love when it's someone they really care about. Sometimes it's going to be a word like sincerely, which means that you're being sincere from your heart. And then the last part of the letter is your signature, okay, where you sign your name. Well, I'm going to give you an example of a letter that I wrote. It's um, a letter that I wrote for Justice William Amathias. So I wrote it on. April 24th, actually, and here are the words. This is the greeting. Dear Justice Willa Mathias." And then for the body of my letter, I wrote these words. I love you each so much. You make me laugh and smile each day. You are helpful around the house. You make me proud because you work so hard in school. I love watching you play basketball and soccer. I am so thankful I get to be your mom. And then for my closing, I wrote the word love. And you put a comma after that. And I put my signature mama because that's what they call me. I'm going to include in the podcast when I send it out to your families, um, a template or just it shows you how to write the letter so you can write a letter to someone you love and care about. Chapter 10 of The Chocolate Touch Dragging along and thinking of all the dreadful things that had happened, John had walked about halfway home when he heard the cheery voice of his father. "'Hello, hello!' called Mr. Midas, crossing over from the other side of the street. He was on his way home from the station. "'You left the party rather early, didn't you?' "'What?' Mr. Midas had just seen the patches and streaks of chocolate that were drying on John's face and on his clothes. Good gracious, he said. No wonder you left the party early. How did that happen? John burst into tears. It had all been so awful, but now he could tell his father about his terrible day. He stopped crying and only sniffed a little now and then as he told the whole story about taking the coin to the candy store, about buying the box that had turned out to have only one chocolate in it, about the toothpaste, about breakfast, the gloves, the silver dollar, the pencil, the lunch, the trumpet, and finally, the apple ducking water. You mean to tell me they really all turned to chocolate? Mr. Midas asked. You're sure you didn't imagine some of this? Oh, no, John assured him. Well, Mr. Midas said, still looking doubtful. We're only a couple of blocks from that candy store of yours. Not that I've ever noticed one there. Suppose we stroll over and ask the man whether his chocolates always do strange things to people. It's on the next corner, John said, recognizing some of the houses on the side street. "'Not the next house, not the next house, not the next,' he said, but John's voice faded into silence. The corner where he had found the candy store was nothing now but an empty lot, flat, open ground, littered with a pile of rusty tin cans and broken bottles around a splintery old sign saying, "'For Sale!' Hmm," said Mr. Midas, frowning anxiously at John. "'I think we'd better pay a visit to Dr. Cranium before we go home.' "'That's where the store was, though,' John protested, beginning to cry again. "'He had shed more tears in that one day, it seemed, "'and certainly eaten more chocolate than in all the other days of his life put together. "'I know it was.' Dr. Cranium was a busy man. As luck would have it, however, he was able to see Mr. Midas and John almost at once. Well, 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 said Dr. Cranium. And how are we getting along now, John? Have we cut down on our candy, eh? How do you do? John responded dully. Apparently he's had a bad day, Dr. Cranium, Mr. Midas said. Trouble at school, you know, and a little accident at a birthday party. What I'm worried about is that he keeps saying that everything he puts into his mouth turns to chocolate. No more than a nursery fantasy, I'm sure, Dr. Cranium said to Mr. Midas. Well, John, he went on, looking down with a smile, suppose you tell me in your own words what the matter seems to be. Everything I put into my mouth turns to chocolate, John explained. Everything I eat and everything I drink changes into chocolate. I'm thirsty and I'm getting a pain, a bad one, I think. Dr. Cranium sighed patiently and invited John to open his mouth and say, Ah, ah, John said. Dr. Cranium peered into John's mouth briefly and gave a low whistle of surprise. This chocolate eating simply must stop. He went to his supply cabinet. I don't think there's any time to be lost, he told Mr. Midas. I'm going to give the boys some of my own special compound. Dr. Cranium's elixir, I call it, never fails. Dr. Cranium selected a large bottle from one of the cabinet's crowded shelves. He removed the top from the bottle. He got a spoon from another shelf. He filled the spoon with an oily greenish yellowish medicine that had yellowish reddish lights glinting in it it doesn't taste very pleasant dr cranium warned john in a pleasant tone of voice but i'm sure it'll do the trick clear the stomach and you clear the mind that's what i always say dr cranium offered john the brimful spoon must i john asked his father i know it'll turn into chocolate go on "'Mr. Midas nodded encouragingly. "'Drink it down.' "'John took the spoon between his lips. "'The medicine turned to chocolate. "'The spoon turned to chocolate. "'John choked and spluttered, "'and chocolate syrup spurted from his mouth. "'Dr. Cranium dropped the spoon in alarm. "'When it struck the white-tiled floor, "'the chocolate handle snapped into several pieces.' Mercy," said Dr. Cranium. I've never seen anything like it. The boy's whole system seems to be so chocolatified that it chocolatifies everything it touches. After he had recovered somewhat, the doctor went on. I believe that this must be an unprecedented case of er, uh, uh, chocolatitis. I shall call it Cranium's disease. I shall want to make an exhaustive study of the child. I... I think John has had enough excitement for one day, Mr. Midas said. And that's the end of the chapter. Well now what? John has a disease they're calling it? Chocolateitis? Wow. How would you feel if you were John? We'll find out more tomorrow in chapter eleven. Have a magnificent Monday. I hope you're all doing well, and I can't wait to see you soon on our next Zoom meeting later this week. See you guys then.